Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, welcome back to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast, and I have a special return guest on the show for us today. We've got the director of the Center for Judaic Christian Studies Institute, that's James Whitman, and uh, James is going to be talking with us today about a Hebraic understanding of maleness and femaleness in the Hebrew Bible. And so it's going to be a super fun conversation that's going to leak into next week as we look at the book of Ephesians together. So James, welcome back to the show. Heather, I'm honored, and it's a real privilege to be invited back. Um, and I, I think you nailed the name of our organization. I mean, we're, Ooh, we're 35, yeah, over 35 years ago when, you know, but we're, we're really known as JC Studies. It's this idea of the connection of the Testaments between Judaism and Christianity, mm. but also in that yeah. JC, and our form, our focus is Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, Messiah, his mm life and times, his language, his culture, his mindset from which Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, have this rich heritage of faith. So again, I'm excited about our topic. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So I'd love to hear what you have to say, because in the pre-show, you and I were talking about how, especially new readers of the Bible, young readers of the Bible, or even old readers of the Bible, sometimes as they read the Hebrew Bible, they look at it and they say to themselves, whoa, like, what's up with that? Like, did God not like women? And so you are going to help us understand what the Hebrew Bible teaches about maleness and femaleness so that we can hopefully bring this to our students in our youth ministries or whoever it is that we're ministering to and help them uh, understand the fuller meaning of what the Bible teaches in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Bible about maleness and femaleness. So let's do it. I love it. And that's that's the real heart of this, right? And not only is the Bible always relevant, but this is reproducible. So I, I love your ministry. I love the focus and I, and um, my prayers and my blessings are all those who put their hands to the plow to disciple and mentor a whole generation coming up. Um, and this is the biblical witness. And I love what you said, right? Sometimes it's right, laying right on the surface what we need to see, but we're reading over it. And there might be a variety of reasons for that. Um, so, hey, let's get after this idea of maleness and femaleness in uh, when I, Jesus's Bible, our Old Testament. And so very familiar stuff. I just want to touch on a couple of things in Genesis chapter one. By the way, Genesis there is Bereshit in Jesus's mm-hmm. tongue. And that's not showing off. <laughs> it's simply a reminder of his context. And it was designed by his father. You know, that's right. Um, that's why I'm fine with Christ, but we need to be doing translation in our head. It's he, he's the Jewish Messiah. That's, that's the right. one. to one yeah. yeah. And it helps mm-hmm. us just yeah. contextualize him so we can come to him and enter his conversation. Mm-hmm. And so he knew this passage of scripture, of course, by heart, but also its function. And that's what we want to talk about. So in Absolutely. chapter, and, and to my readers, I hope, to those of you who are listening to Heather and I, I hope you have a Bible in front of you. 
using the English Standard Version. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then he goes on to say they're going to have dominion over this gorgeous, vibrant, explosive creation that we just read about in the previous verses. But Mm -hmm. I want to make two quick observations. First of all, then God said, that echoes in the beginning, God. When we're teaching the Bible, we need to be intentional about that this is God's story. It's about God. It's revealing the creator. And so with everything we're going to talk about is divine design. Um, And I don't think we can say that enough. The Bible is God's story. That's right. I'm I'm glad we're characters, Mm -hmm. but the story's not about us. And that's really important when we consider the words that go for it. He says, let us make man in our image and likeness. For those of you who are Bible teachers, image and likeness is rich. It's such a multifaceted study. These, are, these texts are laden with meaningful ideas and applications. But what I want to point out, Heather, is the word man there, translated in English, mm-hmm. is the word Adam. It's the Hebrew huh. word Adam. And okay. that become, that's going to become increasingly interesting. The, the writer is doing this intentionally, the Holy Spirit behind the text. And so let me, let me continue on. I'm just going to skip the dominion over everything to verse 27. So God created Adam, man, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Yeah. The big idea here is we were first fashioned as one being, male and female. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a little lost on us because of the man, him, them language. But when you mm-hmm. read it as Adam, and by the way, Adama is soil or clay or you know dirt. My mentor okay. used to my mentor used to always say <laughs> we're we're really glorified dirt balls. Nice. <laughs> so let me read this just in Genesis 5, 1 and 2 to drive home the point. This is the book of the generations of Adam. So it becomes the word for humanity. Hmm. We might say mankind, but when God created man, he made, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them and he blessed them and he named them man when they were created. So Heather, mm-hmm. to really just kind of go slow and make a, a big idea last, yeah, the original human creation was both male and female, one creation. Yeah. So when we turn to Genesis 2, some more familiar text, the apex of his creation. The, the height of his divine design is this being a little lower than the angels, but above the animals, says the writer to mm-hmm. Hebrew, in Hebrews. And he says, this is how I did it. Adam was male and female. Humanity was mm-hmm. one creation. There is something about image and likeness there. I think we're even going to touch on a little bit. 
But I love the way your mind is racing because that's the way the Bible, that's what the Bible does for us. Sure. It absolutely. Calls us to think through the implications. Yeah. So now we get to, again, very familiar, chapter 2 of Genesis. Then the Lord God took the man, Adam, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Uh, I think everybody out there knows this is, you know, they know this story. So I'm not going to read the full text. But here Mm -hmm. is where our study really picks up steam. Then the Lord God said, by the way... Elohim is the God who made humanity, the, the, the name of God. Here right. then, he adds his covenant name, um, Yud, Hey, Yahweh. Yahweh, right? Yeah. And in in terms, so there's a significant indication too that this creation is getting very intimate now. Mm. And we're starting to see more of the image and likeness of God reflected. He said, it is not good for Adam, the man, to be alone. I'll make him a helper fit for him. Dynamic language. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It's a a helper fit for him. Then We're not going to talk about marriage per se. I think in part two here, we might just touch on some of the implications. But, you know, actually, we'll come back to that. Make sure I come back to Ezer Konegdo, a helper fit for Yes, him. I love that word. Yes, it's a military word. Yes, that they yes. would use when they were needing help mil- militarily, they would call in an Ezer who would come in and yeah. fight with them and for them. Yeah, yes. Yeah, come um, on, girls, get that sword up. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And so yeah. he, he, there is no suitable creature for, yeah. for the human. There was no helper mm-hmm. for the human. Remember, one, male and female. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, humanity. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs. Um, I like Jewish thought here. Took him, split him in half. Took it from his side. Took this one creation, separated them into two Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And closed up that place with the flesh and the rib that the Lord or the side that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, this at last is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, and she'll be called woman because she was taken out of man. The picture is this. God took the one male and female and separated them into two distinct beings, the male. Wow. I never even considered that before. When in the creation story, God created the male and female in my mind, I was thinking, Oh, he created them, Adam and Eve. But as you're saying, Adam and Eve essentially were not created until God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. That's really interesting. And it's beautiful here because um, then he starts using Adam as a personal name, still uses it for humanity, and Adam names her Eve. Mm -hmm. And she's the mother of life. That's right. So there's something just so beautiful and so remarkable here. Um, So let's circle back. So now that we have this one into two, and we have distinct, Mm -hmm. we have maleness and femaleness, we go back to 
um, the divine declaration that this is going to be a help that's suitable to him. There, the, the Hebrew here is fun because it can be interpreted in so many ways. You gave that great, um, from the military, that kind of language. Um, it is, it, remember, and this is important in the narrative, God paraded every animal before Adam, the one creation. There was nothing that was suitable. There was nothing that was a match. When he took the one into two, they were perfectly compatible. Sure. And that is what, that's at the heart of Ezer Kenegdo. Mm-hmm. They're together, they're, they're complete, the complete picture of the image and likeness of God. Not complete. Wow. I'm not saying each individual is incomplete, not at all. Adam's complete in his maleness. She, uh, Eve is complete in her femaleness. But when you put that mm-hmm. two together back to the one, you, you, you see this brilliant reflection of, of the image and likeness. And divine design. That's awesome. Yeah, it makes too. you feel. It makes you Don't. feel good to be a female in you know in in the like sometimes in the church. I, I don't know if you experience this in your church circles, but I have as a female. Uh, is that sometimes people uh, they prioritize the distinct roles, right? Yes. Like I'm sure you're. I think you're going to talk about how you know God made. Adam this, and he gave Eve this role. And sometimes they get so focused on that, that they almost start to diminish or, um, yeah, diminish the the image of God within women, because they focus so much on they need to make sure that they stay in their role. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you're right there at Ezra Conegdo. If if the female is perfectly complementary, she brings something the male needs. And the male brings mm-hmm. something, the fem or the masculine feminine. Pardon me, guys, if it sounds like I'm just beating the language. I, I apologize. Sure. But if we're we're that you're absolutely right. There is this complementarianism that we don't explore well, um, not only in mm-hmm. our individual relationships, but in and then I would say particularly in in how a woman relates to the masculine and to a primarily masculine world. And it's, you'll notice Heather, whenever religion is legalistic, the females suffer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They're the ones who have got to do mm-hmm. way more than the males to show their mm-hmm. submission, which is really not biblical submission. It's subjugation. Sure. That's right. And the church is impoverished. Um mm-hmm. Just, uh, just by simply not thinking through what I'm calling here the ideal. This is this is our origin. This is the way it was meant to be. This is the ideal, um, and it's something that Jesus has restored in yeah. the kingdom. So to to kind of help guide maybe the discussion to kind of end our discussion and then kickstart a new one next time. As we're teaching these things to teenagers, you know, what is some specifics that you would want them to walk away with as they're reading their Bible, as they're understanding these things? That there is an absolute equality and status before God between genders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are two yeah. equals. Can they you, were one. Yeah. 
it's not one became one and a half and one became a half. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can, can you touch on then maybe as well, the, you were going to, I think maybe talk briefly about the distinct roles. Um, yeah. And, that and we maybe, see? maybe even if I could say it this way, um, male masculinity and femininity in God's economy are of absolute equality and status between genders. Yet there are distinctions and different functions. That's mm -hmm. evident from biology. Um, but that, yeah, so, that's right. If we establish the equality, Heather, wouldn't you agree then to explore the distinctions is a celebration of masculinity and a celebration of femininity. Sure. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so good. Oh my gosh, that just hit the nail on the head is that don't focus on the distinctions, focus first on how they're made in God's image and likeness, and then it becomes a celebration that God has made us with different um, ways in which to um, complement one another. Equal, distinct, and complementary. Masculinity yeah, brings yeah, something yeah. into the feminine sphere, but femininity brings something into the masculine fear, sphere. We are impoverished without each other. Think of the implications for ministry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? So and so here, yeah. so here, this is where it really begins to, and, and for anybody listening to us out there, and, and for me personally, I know you don't know me. And if if some of this is starting to rasp a little on your ears, here's here's what I'd like you to do. Look, at, I'm no authority in your life, and I have no desire to be your guru. Uh, and so take a deep breath if any of this rankles you a little bit. Because, and, and I want to put the challenge right squarely back on your shoulders. As followers of Jesus, we proclaim biblical truth, but we're also called to preserve it. We teach the story of God and his revelation unapologetically because this is our truth. Does, we're not enforcing this on you. But if you want to know what Jewish Christian Judaism and Christianity have historically believed about maleness and femaleness, we have mm -hmm. the truth for you to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And That's good. So, and so here's a Bible truth, Heather. We're born, I would say created, little C, because women, God gave you the best gift of all. You get to do what he does. You bear life. Yeah. Wow. Let, let any man That's touch awesome. that. Yeah, uh, can't I, do it. <laughs> my mentor used to say, God created man, took a look at him and said, yeah, pretty good, but I can do better. That's right. Hmm. And then he created that's a woman. Like, that's neat. I like that. I like that. That's good. So that's good. We're born, biblically speaking, we're born or created male or female, but becoming a man or a woman is a process of maturation. It's part of our discipleship. Hmm. Um, and we battle culture, which gives false views of manhood and false views of being a female. Instead, when we come to Jesus in his kingdom and we listen to his scriptures taught, and we'll see this in his teaching, in the kingdom we find our true and highest self. He disciples us in what it means to be a man. He disciples me in that. Heather, and he disciples you and what he his, is in his mind's eye for the female. Mm 
Yeah, that's good. James, this has been such a fun conversation. And next week, we're going to pick up and take it even further. So friends, if you've learned a thing or two from James this week, which I have, and uh, I hope you have too, definitely um, just tune back in next week. And we'll keep learning from James as we continue this discussion on what the Bible has to say about maleness and femaleness. So friends, we'll check you out next time. And thanks for joining us on the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. 